once we're in enemy territory as a bushwhacking guerrilla army, we're going to be doing one thing and one thing only. Watching the greatest movie of all time. Today on the podcast, Inglorious Bastards. See these eyes so green. I can stare for a thousand years. Colder than the moon. It's been so long. And I've been putting out fire With gasoline Welcome everybody to the greatest movie of all time podcast The show in which I, your co-host, Rick Barrasso And I, your co-host, Derek Rex Smith We are going to watch, get this Wait for it. Every single movie ever made. And we're going to help figure out which is the greatest of them all. How are you doing today, Derek? I am doing fantastic. How about you? I'm doing spectacular. Any, any week's a good week when we're killing Nazis. Absolutely. A, the only good Nazi is a dead Nazi. That is the official position of the show. So... Sorry uh, if uh, you feel differently. You're probably not going to love this episode. Right. So or maybe maybe you're a Nazi with a good sense of humor. Who knows? You know, if you didn't, if you're not going to enjoy this week's episode, you certainly didn't enjoy last week's episode when we talked about melting Nazi faces and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I had a ton of fun reliving that movie, and we hope you did too. I don't know if you guys know this, but Rick and I are anti-Nazism. Yes, that uh, is... and we, we we also have we, you never know we never know the next movie after the, it could be a Nazi movie we don't know. If any of you Reifenstahl fans are out there, <laughs> let us know. I guess or actually, you know what? Don't don't let us know. Just stay stay in your caves, uh, stay in your basements. <laughs> yeah, but please. continuing please our favorite. fuck Nazis double feature, we come to a Rex pick. Derek, you chosen Glorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards, Quentin Tarantino's absolute masterpiece. 2009. Absolutely. 2009, Quentin Tarantino, World War II epic. It has Brad Pitt as Lieutenant Aldo Rain, Christoph Waltz as Hans Landa, and Melanie Laurent as Shoshana Dreyfus. I think it's Laurent, and that's the pronunciation I'm going with because she's French, and just a whole host of others. It has an 8.3 on the Internet Movie Database, 89%. Ooh, agreed. 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 69% on Metacritic. Derek, 69 69 nice bastards no pun intended yeah derek why inglorious bastards because it's i mean what's the title of our podcast the greatest movie of all time we're looking for the greatest right yep. we might as well watch some great movies uh and this movie is fantastic in every which way possible uh it's it's, it's fantastic from the i, I saw the, uh, you know what i'm not even going to jump ahead yeah, I, no, I lo- I'm I gonna love actually. St- I'm gonna start at the end because the final line of this movie pretty much uh, sums up my thoughts on uh, on what it is. So, and by the way, check out our previous Tarantino episode. This, by the way, I challenged Eric to choose a movie by a director that we've already covered, and we did. 
cover a Tarantino movie, Pulp Fiction, which featured the lovely and talented Steve Constantino. And also check out our, our other episodes. Uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Find us online with the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast on Facebook at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. I promise I'll start updating it more. And you can email us greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. As always, we'd love to hear from you. But back to Bastards. Yeah, so we talked about why we're watching it now. Do you remember the first time you saw it? I do, I do. I believe I saw the movie when it came out in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a, with a, I believe I saw it with my wife, Gia, at the time. She was not my wife at the time. And uh, a few friends. And I remember just being enthralled with the, with the screen. I didn't want to move my eyes from the screen. It was just, it was one of those things we, after a movie, th- movie it's fun with your friends to to go out in the parking lot and stand there for another hour talking about it. Yeah. Uh, and that was one of those movies where you just sit there and like, let's just talk about everything we saw in that movie that we can remember that we loved. And, and that was this movie. So. Yeah. I saw this movie on, this was a midnight movie for me day one, because it had been a while since the last Tarantino, which I, I think was kill bill two before this. Mm-hmm. So it had been a few years, so I wanted to see as fast as possible. Uh, I think past and future guest Cameron Pond was with us when we saw it, as well as uh, some others, uh, my wife Jen included, and I made a couple of other people. And yeah, it it was just there, and we're going to talk about this more. There are certain things about this movie that Tarantino does that no other filmmaker in a way no other filmmaker could do and that was my first impression it was like only he could make this movie and he he did a great job i think but some of you may not have seen it so as always we recommend that you watch this yourself if you can but really try to try to find it and you know we do want you to listen to our episode so I'm going to explain. I'm going to try to catch us up on what actually happens in Inglorious Bastards. Derek, throw 30 seconds on the clock. What song are we using this week? Scarlet Begonias, Grateful Dead. All right. <laughs> and I am very grateful for a lot of dead Nazis, so I'm happy. <laughs> yep. you, you See, where I fall, you pick me up. Yep, absolutely. So count me down, a three, two, one, go. All right. Tres, dos, uno, go. During the Holocaust, a girl, Shoshana Dreyfus, escapes the murder of her family by Nazi officer Hans Landa. Meanwhile, a group of Jewish-American soldiers known as the Bastards drop into France and start killing Nazis. Shoshana, now the owner of a theater, scheduled a German film premiere that the entire Nazi high command will attend. The Bastards and Shoshana separately plot and succeed in murdering them all. Landa betrays his country, but Aldo Rehn, the leader of the Bastards, mutilates him to end the movie. 25 seconds. All right. Beautiful. Now that's a very general, uh, there's a lot missing in that, but that gives you the gist. That's the, the, the dual spines of the movie. Right. And it is, uh, it's quite the watch. So now that we've basically covered what happens in it, let's talk about what we liked. And there's a lot to like about this one. So let's count down our three favorite scenes. Derek, what's your third favorite scene of Glorious Bastards? Oh, yeah, another another uh, doozy. Uh, 
you know, to, I bounced these, I bounced these scenes around so many times. I'm surprised I even was able to finish this and make a top three. Yeah. Uh, you know, without scrambling, but I, I got it done and it was difficult. So if this, if you get mad at some of my scenes, keep in mind, it was tough. Uh, my number three, which oddly enough, maybe it should have been higher. I don't know. Uh, the opening scene to the film, uh, when uh, Colonel Hans Landa visits the the Frenchman's house who was hiding the Jewish people under his yeah. under his uh, floor and it, it it's just I can't even I can't even fathom how it's how good this opening scene was it's the, just incredible the knot in your gut the first time you see this scene yeah just incredible I I, I thought the rest of the movie was going to be like punch in the face heart wrenching and and I'm I'm not lying you know some some moments absolutely were and stuff but. This opening scene, I mean, it's just the, 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 way, the way Tarantino takes his time with this. He lets things unfold. He kind of, it, you, he lets it breathe. You know, Landa has got one hell of a personality. He likes them. He wants to drink milk instead of alcohol. He's, uh, he's a quirky guy and stuff. And then things get dark quickly. Well, um, Landa is very much like, I think in that scene, he's, well, we'll we may talk about it in a second. But I, I think he, throughout his his experiences in the movie toys with his victims. Yes. And that's something that I want to, I want to talk about that later too. Cause yeah. me and Gia have a disagreement on something and I want to know what you, okay. how you feel about it. But I think, I think the milk is a very deliberate choice of like, I'm going to come to your house and drink the stuff that you have created and, and produced. And I, I think I did read something that in in French there's it's a play on words like if you drink somebody's milk you're like threat like going to be using their daughters sexually is like well, I read that I could be wrong so it's like a double entendre in that scene. Well, if Eli Sunday has a daughter, watch out. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> a goat's milk. <laughs> so my I drink a milkshake. Yes. <laughs> So my number three is sort of a companion piece to that scene, I feel like. And that is the scene where Shoshana is uh, brought to Goebbels, uh, Goebbels, rather, by, uh, by Frederick Zoller, who's a Nazi soldier who had a movie made out of him and uh, about him, about his exploits, and brings Shoshana to this restaurant, does Zoller. And... Uh, well, she gets the Gestapo to bring her to the restaurant, I should say. And amazing scene. Amazing. Yep. Yeah. And she's at, she owns this theater, and they're going to premiere Zola's movie. And the real magic of this scene happens when Landa, who is running security for this event, arrives. His intro music. His intro music. Yeah, he's that he's, drum beat. <laughs> right. But the you see Shoshana like holding her breath because this is the guy who killed her family. Yep. And he's ordering food for her and he's ordering milk for her. That was my question. Gia yep. thinks that Landa knows who she is, and I wasn't sure about that. I think he does, and I'll tell you why. Okay. If you watch him, he recognizes everyone's face. Everyone, right. everyone he comes into contact with, like even the members of the Bastards, 
you know, when they're, they're, a few of them are killed later, he's like, oh, that's this person, that's this person, that's right, this person, that's right. this person. And he, like, he just recognizes everyone. But did, did he even see her face? Because she was running away from him the whole opening scene. So I, I don't that's know. That's true. And I don't think there's a definite answer, but I think he does because that's what gets him, yeah, that's what gets him his jollies, I feel like, is just turning the screw a little bit tighter. And so he's like he, he's so so if he if he knows who she is he's kind of playing a game like I, I have I have all the all the correct cards in my deck now what do I do yeah type thing he's he I think is just he is building his if he could have used that to advance his position I think he would have but at right. no point does knowing her identity benefit him he can't right. use that against her. So I'll go, I'll go with my number two as well and, and sort of jump on because it's the same as your number three. It's, it's the opening scene. And it just opens with that Morricone score. And to me, if John Williams is the greatest composer in movie history, Morricone's number two. And you see just, again, this is what I was talking about. Only Tarantino could make this scene. You see the slow appearance of the Nazis in the distance and they the cars approach and Mr. Lapidit is preparing and he doesn't know what's coming because Hans Landa is a force of nature. And, you know, you see his daughters and I do want to shout out just a bit part future bond girl, Leia Seydoux is one of the daughters. That's true. Yeah. Yep. And Landa in this scene is just established as an absolutely incredible villain and i would say i mean tarantino has been on a tremendous run of villains but i gotta i mean because you gotta think bill and kill bill oh ren and kill yeah. and kill bill, like you know after this you have calvin candy he's he's on a great run here of, of villains yep but i think this is this is his best. And it, yeah. Christ, Christoph Waltz is just so menacing. And he just establishes himself to American audience as well it, with, with a scene. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. so good. And like, you know, because he's face to face with some big stars later in the movie. You know, he's face to face with Brad Pitt, you know, and we have to know we need to take him seriously as an actor and as a character. And this scene does it. And just the small talk that he's making with Mr. Lepidit is builds the tension. And then when he just goes for the kill, where he's just like, listen, they don't speak English, do they? They're under the floorboards. Okay. And he just like turns on a dime. It's so good. It's such a beautiful scene. Yep. Derek, what's your number two? All right. My number two is the introduction to the Inglorious Bastards themselves. Yeah, uh, I would say from the beginning where they introduce Brad Pitt's character uh, Aldo Rain all the way up to you know when they when they introduce Stiglitz, uh, they go through yes. and they introduce all the different and then just his backstory and then they go up to them you know capturing some Nazis and uh, Aldo Rain introducing uh, Donovitz the, the 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 bear Jew and you hear you the clinking. of Aldo the Apache, you definitely yeah. heard of the bear Jew. And you just hear the, the clinking. As soon as he says that, you hear the clinking of the bat. Yeah. And here he comes. Here he comes. What's this guy going to look like? You know, he's crazy. 
he comes out and, you know, the Nazi, you know, doesn't want to give away, you know, the, the spot where the other Nazis are and, and, and the bear Jew beats the shit out of him and kills him with Johnny. a bat. And then right afterwards, he goes crazy about going yard like Ted Williams at Fenway. Donnie, and, this man wants to die for country. Oblige yep. him. Oblige <laughs> him. Yeah, incredible. Uh, all the way up to the nine, 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 nine. Yep. Adolf Hitler. That whole se- sequence is incredible. I could watch that on repeat. And a men- uh, honorable mention uh, Samuel Jackson for narrating that wonderful scene as well. Yes. Yep. A little bit part for Sam there. I love that. So. I, I thought about that scene as well because that's such a great scene. And there's so it's many. Tough. This it's one tough, was hard. Man. This yeah. one was really difficult. Uh, the medals are really difficult. I have, I have two honorable mentions for the medals that we'll get to, uh, which I never do. But to me, number one, and I'm kind of cheating here because this is really a bunch of scenes, but it's one sequence. It's the climax of the movie okay. from from the end of the, of the Bowie song yep. to like the, the death of... The, the Nazi high command and the burning of the theater is my, mm-hmm. is my number one. You have the bastards, the surviving bastards arriving and just like butchering the Italian language. <laughs> you have Shoshana projecting her face on fire and the smoke. And yep. of course, like the death of like the shocking like murder of Hitler and the Nazi high command is so great. Like I was stunned when I saw that yeah. in the theater. I was so happy that we got to see Hitler get fucking blown away and <laughs> blown up. Shot a million times in the yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would say this is, to me, this movie is Tarantino literalizing his thoughts that movies and art can save the world if you let it. You know, the the whole, like, the person who ends up really responsible for the death of most of the Nazis is a theater owner, is, right. you know, and, and she literally uses film to kill them. Yep. So it's just a, a literalization of, I think, a thought that he, he has. And I, I love also that the bastards and Shoshana kind of kill each other's villains or defeat each other's villains, I say, because Landa does survive. But they, like, mutilate Landa, who is Shoshana's villain, and Shoshana kills all the Nazis, which are the bastards' villains. So right, I, I, right. Thought that was, I thought that was really clever. But, yeah, what's your, what's your number one scene? So I will say that, that scene you just mentioned was my number one, my number two, and my number three all at different points. Yeah. And me trying to figure this out. That's how much I love this movie. Is that yeah. literally that scene that you just mentioned is now not in my top three somehow because I couldn't make up my mind of what I love the most. Yeah. Um, and I think that scene is incredible. Um, now this scene that I picked, I, I did this 15 times. There's pen marks everywhere. Things yeah. are crossed out. The scene I chose for my number one was the basement rendezvous. Yes. That is, uh, that is my number four, I would say. Yeah, and again, this was my number four, and then I switched it to number one. I just – I watched it again, and I was like, holy moly, this scene is so intense. All you want them to do is, is you know, talk to their – you know, talk to uh, Bridget Von Hammersmark and just get the info they need and then be on their way. You know with Tarantino it's not going to happen. And they keep getting interruptions. They're playing a little card game in their head. It's funny. Uh, there's tension you think, you know, things are finally going to go their way. And then Major Hellstrom is in the corner 
and he comes in and he sits down with them and it's very intense and, and things are going fine. Oh yeah, I am interrupting you guys. I know. Let me just give you one more drink and I'm out. And of course he puts up the three. It's the wrong three. It's not the German three yep. and hell breaks loose and everybody dies <laughs> except for Bridget von Hammersmark and um, what's his name? The Nazi soldier there uh, who had a child and uh, the, and then, yeah. you know, Aldo Rain is talking to him from upstairs and then you think things are going to go yeah. okay. And then Hammersmark takes him out. Yeah, uh, it's just so much violence in one scene, and I, and I, I, you know, you couldn't, nobody could do it better than Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, man, that's just a great scene. I, I, I do love the little bit with with Aldo Rain being like, "No guns, me, no guns, you." Okay, and then <laughs> Hammersmark just kills, it. and Hammersmark's like stupidity. Maybe this is a little <laughs> Tarantino poking fun of the actors a little bit. Like, right? She leaves her shoe. She gives the game away. Yep. Not that I think Landa probably would have figured it out anyway, but. Uh, right, she, right. She gets herself killed, I guess. Well, um, he sees he sees he sees the I think the napkin too. The napkin and the shoe. That's yeah, the, the napkin and the shoe. Yeah. Yeah. So, this one was really tough. What's your What's your least favorite part of this movie? So my least favorite part of this, and maybe you can you you usually you, you think of the things that I haven't thought of, um, and maybe you can shed some light on this. I think Bridget von Hammersmark and the whole plan uh, Operation Keynote is a disaster why would you meet in a restaurant where you could just meet in a hideout well that's just she's dumb that character is kind of stupid but, but, okay she's dumb but none of the guys who are like this is pretty huge are like things will go wrong we should meet in a hideout like they don't think of that too like I, for me it's kind of it's kind of just ridiculous yeah i mean i think because uh aldo rain is sort of freaking out that like that is a bad spot for the meeting right and it's just her mistake as a character. I don't think it's. A, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a flaw of the movie, but like no, it, no, it's, no. A, it's I, a flaw I, of ha- Bridget von Hammersmark, where she. I just, just think like, there's a better a better reason for all these characters to not do this. It yeah. just seems like stupid from the beginning, but maybe you're right. I I feel like if one thing about that plan is, I feel like only Michael Fassbender had to be down there. I don't think right. all three of them, or just or just one of the other ones who didn't speak with a British accent. Right you know, to, to pick her up. But yeah, I think, I think that's more of a, a, a dumb character decision, but okay. mine, again, this was so tough. And I literally, all I could think of was like, I guess M- Michael Myers being in it is kind of distracting. <laughs> that's kind of a weird scene. <laughs> so random. What? Like he's not a British man, get a British actor to play that part. Like he's, right. he's just doing Austin powers as like an older man. Like it's right. It's it's weird. It's weird that he's in there. It must but, have been like Tarantino's like one one of his like wishes is for just for one point to work with Mike Myers, something like that, or vice versa. I guess, yeah, just get it, get him in there. I, weird, but uh, yeah, it's it's just it's odd. He's doing he's doing a caricature instead of a character. I feel like right. So let's go to medals. And I have a, before we get to medals, I have a couple of honorable mentions. I'll just spend. A brief second on them honorable mention one michael fassbender he like comes in he steals the movie for a little while and he's out and honorable mention number two is brad pitt just for the the line readings alone yep K- killing nazis yep oblige yep. him and then yep, like, absolutely bongiorno <laughs> gorlami 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 <laughs> <laughs> the fact that 
fact that Landon knows Italian, you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Jew uh, hunter. <laughs> he's, he's so good. Uh, but I just – I couldn't squeeze him in. I really wanted to, but I had to recognize him. So who, let's start. Uh, Derek, what's your, who's your bronze? All right. Again, very difficult. My bronze goes to Daniel Brule, who plays Frederick yes. Dollar. Yes. Uh, he's fantastic. He's so good. He's so charismatic. Um, he works, he just, he plays the part so well. Um, it's one of those things where you don't hear him speak an English line once in the whole movie. And he's just, for the American audience, he's still such like a wonderful character you can follow. He, he's a likable man, but he's yeah. done some really horrible things. And it's, it's odd the way Quentin can do that to you in a movie. He can he re- make you like yeah. these horrible people. He really um, does. He really does. That character is, you see it, you run the gamut with him and you, see him as like just kind of an affable dude who's trying to to hook up with Shoshana to like he is suffering from PTSD to he's going to attack Shoshana if she doesn't have sex with him right and like you like he's he's excellent and this is this movie establishes him like it, it multiple people are like legit stars after this movie Yep. Including him. And he's he's excellent in everything, but that's such a great character. Yes. My bronze I had to uh Melanie Laurent, who plays Shoshana. Nice. And again, this is a character you you just see evolve. And she's goes from scared girl to sort of just I guess stereotypically Parisian, like, eh, like get on my face to like a absolute badass Nazi killer. Yep. And it's just such a great performance. And I wish we would see more from her as, as an actress and like in bigger movie. Uh, right. I, I, I would just love to see it, but she's excellent. And uh, it just creates this, this unbelievable character. Uh, who's your silver? Well, I will say that she was literally probably my fourth or fifth. I really yeah. wanted to squeeze her in there so bad. She's so yeah. good. Uh, my second goes to, and, and, and again, he's going to be mentioned every single time he does a movie, but Quentin yeah. Tarantino yeah. is my number two. He's, he's, uh, he's incredible. I mean, he creates some of the best universes, or the best universe of characters I've ever seen. Um, you just want to dig deep in his movies. He's a, he, Tarantino for me is becoming almost like a Stephen King where like, his universe is so deep and the scope of it is crazy. And and this character might be related to that character. And uh, I think Michael Fassbender's character in this movie is somehow related to um, Tim Roth's character in the hateful eight, which I love. Yeah. Um, It's, it's incredible to research this stuff and see what Tarantino's, how his mind works. But I don't think, and I'll, I was going to say this at the end of them. I will say this at the end of it, but I'll say, say it now. We talk about the greatest movie of all time a lot. This movie, for me, is probably in my top ten movies of all time. Yeah. Uh, and Quentin Tarantino, I think, as much as I love Pulp Fiction, I think it's one of the best movies ever made. I think this is his absolute magnum opus. You know, I – we'll talk about this at the end, but I, I, I am pretty much am dividing him by decades now. Yeah. Like, it's – you have – I mean, the 90s is Pulp Fiction – is the yep. ultimate 90s movie. You have this in the 2000s. And for me, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is, is for, for the, the teens, the ten, 2010s, yeah. is as almost, if not as good as those two movies. And, and those are like razor thin. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a movie that 
the more you sit with it, for me, the, just the better it gets. This one as well, but this one right. is more in your face. Um, yeah, yeah. Hollywood's a little bit more subtle, I think. But it's um, yeah, which is which is hilarious for a movie in which the Manson family is killed by a dog, like a can of dog food. But right. spoilers for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sorry, sorry. Go see that too. What are you doing? Um, yeah. But it, it's yeah. This for for this. Well, we'll we'll talk about it in a second. But yeah, I mean Tarantino. You can't say enough good things about him here. Yeah, it's, it's a, a plus, A plus, Quentin. Yeah, I think our, our silver and gold are probably flip flop because my silver is Christoph Waltz. Okay. And yeah, this launches as a career in America. He wins an Oscar, the, and my silver and gold were like razor thin margins here. That was mine too, and yeah. uh, the only reason why I flip flopped is because I think I did Tarantino for Pulp Fiction as my gold, and I didn't want to just keep doing that over and over again. So yeah, it was tough, yeah, it's but. tough not to though, and and. You know, I, I think we talked about it before, you know, Vault just creates Londa as like, ooh, that's a bingo. Oh, yeah. bingo, how fun. Yeah. Yeah. But and just that and that scene that we talked about earlier when he's he's walking that line with Shoshana in the restaurant and he's like There's something else I wanted to ask you. It's <laughs> incredible. Oh, it's not important. And then he like orders the cream for her and then immediately puts a cigarette cigarette out in it. Like he's just, oh. he's fucking with her in like the best possible way. That's actually what I, that's actually the thing that makes me think he's just messing with her in that scene. He's toying right. with her because yeah. he's just like, oh, you have to try it. It's so good. It's unbelievable. And then once he's like done screwing around with her, he's just like, oh, I'm just going to put my cigarette out in it and then I'm done. Oh um, man, it's just so good. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, you know, Christoph Waltz is your gold. I'm assuming. Well, I mean, yeah. It, it, this is the first time we've ever seen him in, in, as Americans and seeing an American movie. We this guy steals the show immediately. I mean, the first scene he's in, he and again, I, I've never ever liked. I don't. Uh, I mean, that's probably not exactly true, but I don't think I've ever liked a villain as much as I like Landa. Yeah. Um, because he's so incredible. He's just, I can't even explain how good Christoph Waltz is in this. Um, I know he wins the, he won an, he won an Oscar for this. Yeah. Uh, and he absolutely deserves it. 150%. He's incredible. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's, and it's incredible too, to see that how, how disgusting and despicable a character could be. And then in the next movie, he's in the Tarantino, he's this likable good guy. And it just goes to show you how good of an actor Waltz really is. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, it was tough. It was tough. Was it Tarantino or is it Christoph Waltz? And, and those, I went with Waltz at one time. Those two need to work together again soon. I, I, yeah. I, I don't, yeah, they really do. So I, I went with Tarantino for my gold. And the reason I went with Tarantino over Waltz is I just thought about it. And, you know, Christoph Waltz is so great in the movie. If you cast another great actor in the role, he would have done a great job too. You know, it'd be different. It may not be as good. It could be done by someone else. Yeah. Anybody steps into this director's chair other than Tarantino, it doesn't work. Yeah, I agree. Nobody else could make this movie. He just, the tension he creates with a static shot, the framing, the shot composition, the dialogue. Mm-hmm. nobody else could do it. Nobody. And that's that's what got tipped him to gold for me. 
because yep. he, there's just there's just nobody else. Agreed. Yeah. Hundred percent. So that being said, let's recast the movie. <laughs> so I have I have one. It's actually one that almost happened. I think we have the same one then. It's it's uh, Adam Sandler as Adam Donnie Sandler. Donowitz. Yep. yep. S- same thing as me. That's yep. the only one that I have. And, that's and that one. Eli, Eli Roth did a great job, and he's very funny in the movie. But I just picture that scene where you hear that like the bat. Yeah. Like, and he's built up so much. You know, like we said, he's like, you've definitely heard of the bear Jew. It would have been. It, you, can you imagine? Can you imagine the the the, the vocals of people in the audience yes. when, the, when Adam Sandler if, arrives? If yeah, Sandler just emerges from that that cave and just beats him to death with the baseball and he, bat. And Adam Sandler's like kind of ripped, like he gets in shape for the role. Yeah. He looks kind of like rough and rough. It would just be unbelievable. Yeah. It, oh, it would have been so good. I I mean, like I said, Eli Roth does a great job, but just him doing that and then him killing hitler at the at the end of the movie <laughs> can you imagine if it just like just walking out was like i can't believe i saw adam sandler kill adolf hitler <laughs> oh it's so good i'm so i'm so glad we had the same thing and the only thing too yeah there's like there's nothing else. You, you you can't really touch it with with yeah. anything it's yeah oh man it would it would have been great but yeah we uh we do recognize only one movie can be the greatest movie of all time. Only one can, movie can do that. That's why we're here. But we do contend that every movie can do at least one thing better than any other. So I'll start with this one. I think, I think I said before, because you sort of mentioned it before, this is the best Quentin Tarantino, at least of this decade. It's maybe his best overall. So yeah. what, did, what, did, what did you have? Did you just have it as the best uh, Tarantino, or did you? Nope, nope, nope. I have this one as this movie has the most likable Nazi of all time in cinema history. Okay. Um, for for I, I think that as much as Land is a piece of shit, you can't help but smile when he's on the screen. You're smiling and you're laughing and you 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 like this guy more so uh, than Daniel Bruhl. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like you like Daniel Bruhl in a different way because he seems so kind. And just goofy, but you know he also kill all these people, and, and and I think he's like really second to Landa because Landa. I also tend to like characters that are um, that are so intelligent and so smart, and also despicable, and have all th- all these different dimensions to them. I mean, Landa's basically, and I I'm sorry I'm mentioning I mentioned this show so often, but he's like the the Ramsey Bolton of of Inglorious Bastards. He just plays with people. And and uses things to his advantage, and it's almost a, a likable trait. It's almost like, you know, it's like, wow, he's that clever of a person. Not, not that, not that I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna be like him, but he's yeah. so clever, and he keeps the movie. I mean, Tarantino keeps the tension of the movie, but Landa, the way Christoph Waltz plays Landa, he keeps you at the edge of your seat. What is this man gonna do? What is his true yeah. intention? It's incredible. Yeah, let's go to Nazi kill of the week. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, we, as we're talking about. Uh, as we're talking about likable Nazis, I guess. Uh, second week in a row. Second week in a row. Second week in a row. I couldn't pick just one. I have three. <laughs> Give us your bronze, silver, <laughs> my, and gold. My right? bronze medal for killing Nazis is uh, Hugo Stiglitz shoving his fist down a Nazi's throat. <laughs> Literally, like, elbow deep in this guy's mouth. <laughs> so <laughs> <gross and> graphic. <laughs> silver is... 
the bear Jew beating a Nazi officer to death with a baseball bat and all the bastards having a really good time. I just, I love the scene where he's <laughs> also honorable mention, I guess, is the the Nazi that tries to run away. And then one of the bastards shoots him in the back of the head <laughs> because, yep. because Donowitz just points the bat at him. He's like, you. Yep. And then, I mean, number one, it's got to be gotta the be. head honcho himself. Hitler. And his face, his face is desecrated by bullets. <laughs> yes, just <laughs> shot until there's nothing left but meat and bone. <laughs> and then blown oh. up. Come on, Rick. We, we have to form our own Inglorious Bastards. We do. Let's... Bunch of Italian guys. <laughs> hey, fucking there. Trump rally, huh? <laughs> hey. um, so, let's talk about the Oscars this year. This actually only wins one Oscar and that is Best Supporting Actor for Christoph Waltz. It is nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, Sound Mixing, Sound Editing, Cinematography, and Editing. I think you can make a strong case for it to win all of those awards. Oh, absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. I'm actually shocked that he they did, just didn't win Best Picture and Best Director, but we'll see. Well, yeah, let's talk about this let's because have, let's this is this is, I believe, the f- the first year we went to ten nominees for Best Picture. Oh, okay, damn. Yep. After yeah, because Dark Knight was two thousand eight. It would have been two thousand nine Oscars that it didn't get nominated, and everyone freaked out. Mm-hmm. And for this year, two thousand ten, to in, in include more popular movies, they they double the amount of nominees for Best Picture. So let's talk about Best Picture. Do you remember what won Best Picture this year? Uh, no, I don't. This is the year of the Hurt Locker. Oh, okay. Which is a good movie, but I... Well, let's go through the nominees. Hurt Locker wins Best Picture. Other nominees, Avatar. Mm. The Blind Side, which is a horrible movie, in my opinion. District 9, great movie. An Education, which I haven't seen. Inglorious Bastards. Precious, which is just technically good, but just a, tough to get through. Uh, a Serious Man, Cohen's Up. And mm. Up in the Air, which is kind of a forgotten George Clooney movie, which I, I really like. I mean... Well... Inglorious Bastards, I think, takes it. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh... Uh, yeah, I, I, Up is great. I mean, if it's if it's in a very, it's got the that that uh, opening. Have you seen Up? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, the opening is so emotional and sad. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Bastards is just incredible. I, I got to go with Bastards if, for the win. If the rest of Up was as good as the first fifteen minutes of Up, then then I'd, I'd yeah. make the case for it. Which I mean, right. I like I like the rest of Up a lot, but it just doesn't. It like shoots its shot right away. Whereas, right, 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 right. Whereas cool. I think Inglorious Bastard is stronger throughout. But yeah, I'd say Inglorious Bastard should win. Best Director, Catherine Bigelow wins for Hurt Locker. Other nominees, James Cameron, Avatar, Quentin Tarantino, Inglorious Bastards, Lee Daniels for Precious, and Jason Reitman for Up in the Air. So before, you know, the movie thing pissed me off because Inglorious should have won. Are you joking that Quentin didn't win this? 
he didn't win an Oscar for Glory. It, it, it's it, I can't even fathom that. Well, not only that. If I recall this this year correctly, the, Tarantino wasn't even like the runner up. Like this was because, and this this actually may have hurt him. Catherine Bigelow and James Cameron were married before this. They they had since divorced. Oy. So I think the competition of like who's going to win the husband or the wife, the ex husband or the ex wife, kind of got the Academy swept up in that drama. That's trash. It is. It is. And like, again, Catherine Bigelow, great director. Hurt Locker, very good movie. What are we doing here? You give the yeah. job to the best person who was I, the best that yes, year, and that yes. was Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I, yeah. Best actor I, would have to be Brad Pitt, I guess, is the main character. Is he, though? I mean, he's not even in – I mean, he's in a lot of the movie, but he's not – I don't know. Uh I mean, he's definitely the face of the movie because everybody knows who Brad Pitt is. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if that was played by, you know, some schmo, it, 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 then what? You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's go, through, let's go through the, the, the nominees here. Best Actor is won this year by Jeff Bridges for nice. Crazy Heart. Yeah. So love to see Jeff Bridges win. Have not seen Crazy Heart. Uh, other nominees, George Clooney for Up in the Air. Colin Firth in A Single Man, Morgan Freeman in Invictus, and Jeremy Renner in The Hurt Locker. Again, there's so many roles in this. I don't know that a performance necessarily rises to the level of lead actor, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, besides, uh, yeah, I mean, besides, yeah, you're right. It's like, it's an ensemble piece, really. And again, Brad Pitt, if, if, it, if it was going to be somebody, it'd be Brad Pitt. Yeah, for best actor, it, but it, right, it's like he—he he, he definitely wouldn't fit in best supporting because there's no way he's beating Kristoff. Yeah, it, like Brad Pitt, the performance he gives is so fun and funny, but it is—it is kind of one note, you know. He right, doesn't have right. a ton of range, so I, I won't necessarily make the case here. Best actress, I think we can we can make the case. Melanie Laurent, best actress or best supporting. Um, I, I, either way, either way, the winners of these two categories this year are interesting. Uh, Well, let's hear them first. So we'll go through best actress first. Best actress is won by Sandra Bullock for the blind side, which get the fuck out of here. Come on. I've seen the movie. It's not that great. Yeah. Other nominees, Helen Mirren in the last station. Carrie Mulligan in An Education, Gabourey Sidibe in Precious, and Meryl Streep in Julie and Julia. Best Supporting Actress is won by Monique in Precious. Um, mm. Other nominees there, Penelope Cruz in Nine, Vera Farmiga in Up in the Air, Maggie Gyllenhaal in Crazy Heart, and Anna Kendrick in Up in the Air. You forget Anna Kendrick was nominated for an Oscar. But, I mean... I say, she, I say, I say, I say, uh, Melanie Laurent is probably best actress. Yeah, I'd say I mean, she probably has enough screen time to be. And she's in the opening scene. She's in the base of the last scene, or the last big scene. She's in the middle scene. Yeah, I mean, best actress. I'm fine with that. I mean, I'll, I'll let you make the call. Is she, is she supporting, or is she is she best actress? No, I'm I'm gonna say best actress. Okay, I honestly would just throw out Sandra Bullock from this category. She's not 
that's not a good movie. That's not a great performance. I like, would too. I mean, I, I get, I get it. I get it's like it's supposed to be like this big emotional thing, but I, I watched the movie. I didn't think she was that phenomenal. I mean, she's she's good in it, but I don't know if she's great. And Michael Orr, who the, that movie is about, like is like that. That's just none of that's true. Right. It's Hollywood yeah. movie. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say you know what I mean. Let's leave this winner list for now because I'd have to I'd have to look at some of the other performances here, but I I think we can safely knock Sandra Bullock out of this uh, best actress category. Agreed. Supporting actor won by Christoph Waltz. I'll go over. I think we we agree with him as as the winner, but let's go over the category. Christoph Waltz wins for Inglorious Bastards. Other nominees: Matt Damon in Invictus, Woody Harrelson in The Messenger, Christopher Plummer in The Last Station. And Stanley Tucci in *The Lovely Bones*. Ooh, I, that I think I think Tucci was great in that. You and I disagree on that. I think he's. I, I that's think, a very I think he's, that is a very one-note performance to me. Yeah, but it's 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 I don't know. It shows his range a little bit. I mean, yeah, I mean, I could probably say that like a lot of actors could have played that role. Um, but I think I liked it so much because I'd seen Stanley Tucci in a lot of other movies where he's so lighthearted and goofy yeah. and you see this really dark role. And I was like, Oh shit, Stanley Tucci is like really coming at me now with like all these different roles. That's probably why it attacked me as something that, that was so great, but I, I'm a big fan of his too. So yeah. And let's just, let's just say best original screenplay goes to the Hurt Locker and not this. Get out of here. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Get out of here. I mean, this apparently was just the Hurt Locker's year, but yeah, not should should not have been uh, the, the case here. But yeah, that's the Oscars for that year. Uh, let us know what you think uh, about that uh, that interesting year at the Oscars. But now we come to the most important part of the podcast, the thing we work up to every single week. And that is when I throw 30 seconds on the clock and Derek explains to us why our subject for that week's episode is the greatest movie of all time. So Derek, this may be hard in a different way because I feel like you'll have too much to say for this one. You know what? I'm going dead serious with this one. I'm not going to be goofy. Okay. So on three, two, one, go, you're going to tell us, why this movie is a five-tool player. Um, but let's go. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so Inglorious Bastards is one of the greatest movies of all time. This podcast is called The Greatest Movie of All Time. We're doing our job here and in telling you what some of the greatest movies of all time are. This is one of them. This is Quentin Tarantino's greatest film, in my opinion. The cast is incredible. They should have won down the line every every single category, in my opinion. This, the, the writing is incredible. Killing Nazis is incredible. This is an A-plus film, in my opinion. All right, that's 25 seconds you did, and tremendous. I do want to go over, actually, one thing I didn't mention in, in the recasting before we before <laughs> the end of the podcast. And this is not something I would do, but if you didn't know, Tarantino was working on this script for a very long time. And the some of the cast that he originally wanted was very different from the one that we got. Mm-hmm. And there's three major actors that would have played different roles. And originally, do you, have you heard this? 
This, I don't. This, I, I may. I may have read it a couple times. This I just is, can't remember who it is. This is. This is real. This is a real thing that Tarantino wanted to do. So Aldo Rain was going to be played by Bruce Willis. Wow. Yeah. No, we're just getting started. Bear Jew played by, and probably not called the Bear Jew at this point, but played by Sylvester Stallone. And hopefully everybody heard that sigh. Yeah. Hans Landa, I bet you can guess where I'm going with this. Played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. That is the worst casting I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> this is, I mean, I'm sure that the script evolved from from when he wanted to do this. Because this was like five years before the movie was made. He was like, working on the script. I want to get all three of them together in like World War II. Schwarzenegger may have played Hugo Stiglitz. Like, I don't want to see The Expendables again. Well, this would have been this has been before The Expendables. I know, but I'm just saying, yeah. like that. This is the cast of a bunch of action heroes. Yeah, just with with Tarantino's voice. I think it would have been interesting. The movie we got was probably much better than what we would have got with that. But I'm uh, I'm glad we got what we did get. But that right. that's a real thing. So, you know, I, I we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Next time we will be doing a movie to be inserted here later. Once we figure out with our with our guest and uh, Derek, uh, let me let's let's set this up. So, uh, Derek, next week we're having a a guest on, and who are we having on next week? Yes, we are having a uh, a friend of mine who I grew up with. Uh, now lives in North Carolina. He's a, a good friend of mine, and he's a singer songwriter. Uh, his name is Joe Boynton, and I'm excited to have him on here. He's a huge movie fan, so. Uh, this should be really exciting and a good time. Absolutely. And uh, he has chosen the movie The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. So that's going to be real fun. Yeah, And absolutely. I can't wait for that one. And, yeah. you know, if you like this episode, if you like what you heard, first of all, tell your friends about us, as our old friend Bruce Wayne would say. But check us out. Find us online. Again, we are the greatest movie of all time podcast on Facebook. We are at great movie cast on Twitter and you can always send us an email at greatest at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Yes. And especially if, you know, if you want to be on the show at some point and you're a big movie fan and you want to talk to us more and get involved, email us, Facebook us, please message us. We love talking about movies. Yeah. This is why we do it. Cause we want to, we want to reach out and, talk with people about the subject that interests us easy for me to say that interests us the most for this week i have been your co-host rick barrasso and i have been your co-host derek rex smith and derek this might just be my masterpiece <laughs>